0: Don't get me wrong, it stinks to lose. It's no fun to watch your favorite team suffer a defeat at the hands of the Los Angeles Clippers, the hated Los Angeles Clippers, while not at full strength and doing so willingly. The Grizzlies basically punted Wednesday night, sitting out numerous starters, including their best two-way player in Jaron Jackson Jr. But if you were surprised by that decision, you haven't been paying attention. We're going to talk about that next and more here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax. Flying solo, the wonderful DeMichael Cole, focused on covering the, uh, I don't want to say debacle because that's not really the right phrasing for it, but the loss. That is indeed what happened on Wednesday night. The Grizzlies fell at the hands of the Los Angeles Clippers. Home winning streak snapped. Overall winning streak snapped. And the vibes for one evening are a little bit muddled, right? So we're going to talk about why there's some frustration in the Grizzlies fandom and whether or not there should be frustration here in a moment. But as always, I want to thank you for joining us wherever you are catching Locked On Grizzlies, whether it's wherever podcasts are available. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also check us out over on YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe, like, comment, all those fun things. It is all good and all appreciated as we continue to build and develop Locked on Grizzlies. It's been a very successful month of March. We are grateful for that. Another month of growth here at at, Locked on Grizzlies. We're going to continue those vibes going into the playoffs. I promise you that. So Memphis loses to the Los Angeles Clippers. And that's not overly surprising, right? The Clippers are a playoff team in the Western Conference. They have good depth. Eric Gordon, they have guys that can score. Russell Westbrook can turn back the clock, as he did against Memphis, and we'll talk more about that later on in the show. So losing to Los Angeles is not necessarily the worst thing that could have possibly happened to the Memphis Grizzlies. There are far greater problems that could have surfaced. But it's the way that the Grizzlies chose to not put their best foot forward. That has some fans frustrated this Thursday morning, Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzly staff GM medical team put blame or responsibility on whoever you see fit chose to not play Tyus Jones, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Desmond Bain, John Conchar in the Clippers game. Now, Context matters. It was the third game in four nights, second game of a back-to-back. The Grizzlies had been grinding pretty hard, literally speaking, in terms of playing a lot of basketball in a short amount of time. Despite the youth of the Memphis Grizzlies, which is often something that is brought up as a counter to the point I'm about to make, that is still a lot of basketball to play. Let's talk about how much basketball the Grizzlies have played from Friday, March 24th, Through last night, the 29th, against the Clippers, they played the Houston Rockets, the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So that's a Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The only day that the Memphis Grizzlies, or two days, I should say, that the Memphis Grizzlies did not play basketball were Saturday and Monday. That's a lot of basketball to be played in a pretty condensed stretch of time. So the Grizzlies make the choice to sit Jaron and Dez and Tyus to a lesser extent John Conchar because he was questionable going into the game The previously mentioned three were doubtful not to mention Steven Adams was already out not to mention Brandon Clark of course still out Memphis was severely underhanded here are some names that got more time than they normally do Kennedy Chandler playing 13 minutes Kenny, Kennedy Lofton Jr. Kenneth Lofton Jr. excuse me getting nine minutes Jake Laravia 22 minutes and there were good things about the run that they got especially Laravia we'll talk about that more later on in the show but that's not ideal when your rookies in I mean those are all four rookie players right? Those are four of the five Grizzlies rookies that got run in this contest. That was their bench and Memphis's bench getting destroyed by the bench of the Los Angeles Clippers, which consisted of Robert Covington, Mason Plumlee, Bones Highland, and Norm Powell. You know, those are all guys that have started a lot of basketball games in the National Basketball Association, much less played strong roles off the bench. So even though Kawhi Leonard did not play in this Clippers game, Paul George didn't either, but that was expected due to his injury. Leonard was out for personal reasons. Memphis had a far less deep team going into this game. The fact that the Clippers pulled away in the fourth quarter, won the final frame 36-27, to probably shouldn't be too surprising. If you were frustrated by the decision to rest Jaron and Desmond and Tyus in particular, you are not paying the right level of attention, or maybe you are paying the right level of attention and you just disagree with the overall philosophy of the Memphis Grizzlies. That's certainly possible as well. And I've I've certainly disagreed with the philosophy of the Grizzlies on some things. So I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not. You can have an opinion, of course. Everyone's entitled to it. But aside from the initial shock, of, oh, it is late in the regular season. Oh, Memphis is up three games on the Kings with seven to go, or at least they were going into the Clippers game. Oh, they're playing the Clippers again on Friday. This actually does make sense as a game to get those guys a bit of a breather. After the initial shock, that was my takeaway. There is a lot of frustrated people out there. Why did we punt this away? These guys played last night. They have the capacity to be able to play. You are doing load management. It sucks. For the fans in attendance that bought tickets, I can understand that frustration. And obviously, you want the team to win as much as possible. And the Grizzlies were in a position to win this basketball game, even with all the names that I listed being out. But I want to just bring up two numbers in particular. We're not supposed to talk about numbers a ton uh, on a consistent basis, but I think there's two numbers that are pretty relevant to this conversation. So the, the the first number I am going to give you, dear listener, dear viewer, is the number 32. And that is the average number of minutes going into the Clippers game on Wednesday. He played 35 against the Clippers that John Morant logs per game. 32 minutes a game. That number is 77th in the entire National Basketball Association among all players in terms of minutes played per game. Seventy seventh. Now, again, there's guys like Cade Cunningham that are included in that, only played 12 games all year. So he's probably a little bit higher than that 77 number when you take complete games played into account. But still, 77th That is a pretty drastically low number, and he's number one on the Memphis Grizzlies. So that means there are multiple teams in the NBA that have multiple guys ahead of the number one minute per game generator for the Memphis Grizzlies. Here's your next number. 2054. That is the amount of total minutes played that Dylan Brooks logged going into the Clippers game on Wednesday night. Dylan Brooks played 34 minutes against the Clippers. So obviously that puts him up at 2088, something like that. I'm not a math teacher. I'm not. Uh, a math guy, but I think that's correct off the top of my head. So let's even include that 34 on that 2054. Let's say it's now 2088. And let's say nobody else played. Obviously, other teams played, so some of these numbers might have changed. That would make Dylan Brooks around 70th in the National Basketball Association in terms of total minutes played and still number one on the Memphis Grizzlies. So what's my point? My point is this, the Memphis Grizzlies are about load management all year long. It's not just a one game thing. They purposefully play guys less minutes per game as we see with John Morant. And they purposefully play them fewer games per, or fewer minutes, excuse me, per game as we see with Dylan Brooks. It's not like Dylan Brooks has missed a ton of time due to injury, right? He's been one of the consistent presences Presences for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's missed games because of suspension. He's missed a couple of games here and there for nagging things, but he's played 68 games. Here are some names of guys that have played in less games than Dylan Brooks and yet have still played more minutes than Dylan Brooks Damian Lillard, 58 games. Kyrie Irving, 57 games. Joel Embiid, 62 games. Anthony Simon, 62 games. You get in the picture? The Grizzlies have been monitoring this from the beginning. This is part of their medical staff's plan. This is part of their hope to remain fresh for the regular season's end and the playoffs to come. You can disagree with that philosophy if you want. But this was almost certainly a game that this staff selected and said, this is a night to get a majority of our guys that have been a key part of this winning streak a night off. I have a sneaky suspicion they'll be ready to go on Friday. And I have a sneaky suspicion that the game will look a little bit different, especially if Kawhi Leonard plays. But to be frustrated by this, you have to understand that, again, after the initial shock of just watching them all play the night before, it's not that surprising because they literally do it through the way that they coach and train and develop this team and this roster. Is it the right call? The playoffs will tell us, I suppose, we'll see how fresh they are. We'll see if they've gotten the desired effect and impact from these limitations and from purposefully putting these restrictions in place. But it's not a shock that this occurred because it is very much a part of how the Memphis Grizzlies have conducted their business, especially these last couple of seasons. Speaking of the business that the Memphis Grizzlies have conducted, we'll get back to on the court conversations, looking at what went wrong against the Los Angeles Clippers on Wednesday night. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Ultimate GM. I am a huge fan of this game; It is extremely addictive. I don't know if you've given a shot yet, given it a shot yet or not, but you most certainly should if you haven't done so so far. You have all sorts of fun things that go along with this game. If you've ever fantasized about being an NBA GM, you need to give Ultimate Pro Basketball GM a shot right now. It allows for you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons, leading the franchise to glory as you build a historic dynasty. You deal with personalities. You hire coaches. You trade. You train. You navigate free agency in the draft. All of this in a realistic Game world that is pretty challenging. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, completely free, playable offline, play on the go, and as you want when you want to. Locked on Grizzlies listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. We're talking what went wrong. We're going to be negative first here on this Thursday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. Stick around. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Mullinax. I left out earlier in the program. I am a Grizzlies columnist for BluffCityMedia.co. I also write for SB Nation and Fansided. But when it comes to Bluff City Media, we have added Grizzly, which is a great local site and source for podcasts and videos and articles. Literally every writer from Grizzly has come over, Grizzly, excuse me, has come over to Bluff City Media. I'm very excited to be a Grizzlies columnist for that site, bluffcitymedia.co slash join. We talk about the Tigers, we talk about the Grizzlies, the showboats, the 901FC soccer group, all sorts of fun things. Become an insider today, an annual subscription insider using the promo code Mullinacs. Get 10% off, and that's after a 10 day free trial, just to make sure that you actually will like it and enjoy it. I'm fairly confident that you will. Make sure you're going to check out bluffcitymedia.co slash join and use that promo code Molinax. Again, 10% off an annual subscription after a 10 day free trial. Might as well give it a shot. Uh, Michael Cole's not with me on this episode, but I would, if he was here, ask him about what in the heck Russell Westbrook ate in catering, uh, what was cooked by the Grizzlies chefs and and the folks working at FedEx Forum for the Los Angeles Clippers, because Russell Westbrook turned back the clock on Wednesday night. And there could have been better defense. I think that's a fair point to make. And if you didn't catch the game, you know, watch the 10 minute highlights on YouTube. They do a great job of that. The NBA does. And you'll see a lot of Russell Westbrook getting to the basket at will. Part of that is the explosiveness that Russ still possesses. He may not be as explosive as he used to be, but he is still an athletic player. And he is still somebody who has the capacity to blow by defenders on a pretty consistent basis. And even when he's not able to do that, the experience that he's developed over a decade plus in the National Basketball Association allows for him to make up for a lost half a step or step here or there because of his ability to read a defense, to understand body positioning, passing angles. He's been around the block a time or two, and he understands how to play the game. So you put all those things together. When you let Russ be Russ, he can cook, and that's exactly what he did to the Memphis Grizzlies. He cooked the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday night. Now, there are some aspects of that that Russ couldn't replicate again if his life depended on it, like shooting five for five from beyond the arc. It was the most efficient shooting night. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm willing to guess that 13 of 18 from the field, 36 points on 18 shots, that's got to be the most efficient night Russ has had all season in terms of scoring. You add in the 10 assists, four rebounds, a couple of blocks, a really impressive night from Russell Westbrook. But even with the strong Russ showing, it's not like it was the Clippers starters that dominated the contest because you had good games from Dylan Brooks, 30 points on 24 shots. If you had told me before the game that Dylan was going to shoot that well, I would have told you that Memphis would have won running away because an efficient Dylan Brooks, when he is in a spot to say, hey, I'm the second most important scorer here. Give me the ball. I'm going to shoot it. Usually that ends poorly for the Memphis Grizzlies. Despite all the good things about Dylan Brooks, a strength of his being an efficient scorer is not one of them but he was that in this game for Memphis. He grabbed six rebounds. He had four assists. He had zero turnovers. You can make an argument that Dylan Brooks was the best player on the floor for the Grizzlies in this game. Ja Morant scores 36 points, but it's on an inefficient 11 of 28 shooting. The only reason that number is a bit improved in terms of 36 points on 28 shots, Ja got to the charity stripe and converted every single free throw that he took, and he took 12 of them. So again, nine assists for Ja. Strong night in that way, but an area where he struggled that Westbrook was not as much of a struggle. Russell Westbrook committed two turnovers in the game. John Moran committed eight. You can't give up that many possessions, especially when you're down that many players. Those are missed opportunities for scoring, and that Grizzlies simply were not able to overcome that. And again, like we talked about earlier in the show, when your bench is four rookies, Kenny Lofton Jr., Jake Laravia, David Roddy, Kennedy Chandler, The fact that they only scored, let's see, 21 points. Yeah, 21 points from the bench. The Clippers bench had two guys score either that or close to that. Bones Highland scored 20. Robert Covington was seven for seven from three. Has to be a career high for him. 27 points on 10 shots. When Covington. Highland and Westbrook are shooting that efficiently. The Grizzlies don't have a chance. They may not have had a chance with all those healthy players. The fact that it was that bad without Jaron Jackson Jr., without Desmond Bain, without Tyus Jones, it's kind of impressive the game was close to begin with, to be honest with you. And that's because Memphis did do some things well, which we'll talk more about later on in the show. But the struggles were turnovers, John Morant with his turnovers. The struggles were defensively. They were red hot from three, but again, as we talked about throughout our time together here on Lockdown Grizzlies this season, the Grizzlies overhelp a lot. And when that happens and you have guys that are not comfortable in rotations, you're going to get a lot of open threes in the corner. You're going to get lots of good looks. And the Clippers converted them on this night. Russell Westbrook banked in a three. Is that lucky? Sure, you can call it lucky if you want but he made the other four. He was in a rhythm. He was feeling himself. So to speak, he was cooking it up. As they say, he was impressive and he's capable of doing those things. If you allow him to. So the shooting was a problem. Rebounding was not a problem. The Grizzlies won that battle by double digits, but in terms of assists, it was balanced in terms of seals. It was balanced. Turnovers were relatively balanced. To be honest with you, there are some silly mistakes that were made by the Clippers in transition in the fourth quarter, they could have blown the hinges off that game in a lot more decisive fashion than they did. The Memphis Grizzlies shot 51.6% from the field. The Clippers just shot 615 The Grizzlies shot 34.4% from three. Could have been better. Luke Kennard only took three threes. That's not great, but the Clippers prioritize. They know Luke Kennard better than anybody, obviously. They prioritized getting Kennard off of his spots and out of his spaces for shooting. They wanted to make Brooks and John Morant take the threes, and it was a four for 18 night from beyond the arc for Dylan and Ja. That played right into the hands of the Clippers. Meanwhile, the Clippers shot almost 60% from three on 37 attempts. When you're 22 for 37 from beyond the arc, you're probably going to win most of those games. So while the Clippers got hot, and every team gets hot every once in a while, it's hard to deny that between the defensive issues of the Grizzlies and the turnovers committed in the game at inopportune times, miss scoring opportunities and giving too many open looks to Los Angeles when they were feeling it from beyond the arc. That all adds up to a Memphis loss, but there are reasons to be optimistic. We're going to talk about that next. We're going to end on a positive note here on this Thursday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, Big Fan. A FanDuel sportsbook. The tournament, of course, is heating up. The NCAA tournament, March Madness, is at its fever pitch this weekend. Final Four Madness. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 up to in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Wager on everything from money lines to point spreads, spreads to which teams cutting down the net, all of this in a super safe, secure, and easy way to use the app. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, make every moment more with FanDuel. Ending on a positive note on this Thursday here with Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Mullinex, flying solo as DeMichael Cole catches his breath after a home and home back to back, covering, of course, the Magic game on Tuesday. You saw him on the Wednesday show looking dapper and doing a fantastic job talking about that game as well as the game that was played on Wednesday against the Clippers. And that didn't go as well as we've talked about throughout the show, whether it's load management concerns like we talked about at the very beginning of the program, whether it is open threes being given up, the struggles in terms of turnovers. There are a lot of things that you could blame Wednesday night on, but I try to remain positive, right? I try to be the positive guy. I'm a positive patty. I'm not a Debbie Downer. That's no fun. I want to look for the bright side. I found the bright side of Tayshon Prince once upon a time. For those of you that have been following my work for a particularly long stretch, and if you could do that 10 years ago, you're about as positive as they come. So there are some things that were good to see against the Clippers. First and foremost, the fact that it was a competitive game. Again, Los Angeles didn't have Paul George. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. But the Clippers were certainly more deep than Memphis was in this particular contest. I'll give you the benches again. Robert Covington, Mason Plumlee, Bones Highland, Norman Powell for the Los Angeles Clippers. Kenny Lofton Jr., Jake Laravia, David Roddy, Kennedy Chandler for the Memphis Grizzlies. It's really no contest, Right and the Clippers bench dominated the way that they should dominate when they're in that spot. So the fact it was close going into the fourth quarter, the fact that Memphis was really in that mix, they were tied with Los Angeles going into the final frame. They competed. They fought. And that's something that matters when you have your backs against the wall. It just wasn't enough, and the Clippers finished the Grizzlies in that final frame. Some other things that were positive from this contest, Santi Aldama finding his shooting stroke again, 17 points, eight rebounds, looking ahead to the playoffs, which like we talked about earlier in the show, clearly Taylor Jenkins and the crew is doing that, right? They have been the entire season in terms of watching these guys' minutes. They're just being more direct about it now as the season gets closer to its conclusion. Santi Aldama is going to matter. He's probably in that playoff rotation that I'm sure – Michael and I will be talking about in the next week or so, entering the playoff mix as the postseason gets underway. Santi's got to be in that equation. Obviously, if Steven Adams is still out, Santi's definitely in that equation. But even with a healthy Steven Adams, you're going to need Santi's offensive ability, his propensity to space the floor, his unique, versatile, offensive skill set. Santi Aldama brings a lot of different things to that level of the basketball court And he displayed those items against the Clippers. There's no reason he can't do that again on Friday. Xavier Tillman, extremely efficient. Again, 16 points, nine rebounds, five assists. They're going to miss the Memphis Grizzlies, are going to miss Brandon Clark. Clark is not coming back, period, right? Ruptured Achilles, he's done, done, probably done until this time next year, to be honest with you. So as he recovers, Santiel Dama and Xavier Tillman being this level of player, Again offensively they were not the issue 13 of 14 in the front court from your two starting bigs 17 rebounds grabs six assists that's pretty stout the defensive side of things obviously were concerned Russell Westbrook blows by a perimeter defender like John Moran or Dylan Brooks and there's no rim protection Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously will help with that on Friday you'd imagine. So defensively, it wasn't a good night for X or Aldama, but that's not really Santi's strength to begin with. And again, the offensive focus was pretty strong for both of those guys. Luke Kennard only shot three threes, which is nowhere near enough. In no universe, should Dylan Brooks and Ja Morant both double lap Luke when it comes to three-point shots. But credit to the Clippers, they made that a defensive priority. They knew they had a little bit more flexibility because Bain and Jackson Jr. were out. They took advantage of it. Kudos to Ty Lu and that coaching staff. But Luke Kennard showed the ability to be able to make opponents pay for doing that to an extent, right? He was four of six from two-point land. So that's nice. He also had an and one in the contest, or he made one free throw showing that he was getting to the basket, being aggressive. He had the capacity to get off the three-point line and take advantage of that over-aggressive perimeter defense that was being shown to him at times so obviously you want luke to shoot more threes one for three is not enough for him but again a question about his game was is that all he is and i think he's proven at this point that that's not all he is he has the capacity to do a lot of different things and then one last positive that i really want to drive home and it's good to see gives you hope for Zaire williams it's another feather in the cap of the grizzlies developmental staff jake laravia Jake LaRavia certainly didn't win the game for the Memphis Grizzlies, but he also certainly didn't lose it. And in 22 minutes of play, he got the second most minutes off the bench behind David Roddy, who has surpassed LaRavia. You know, if you remember correctly, DeMichael and I were talking on this show about how LaRavia would probably get looks before Roddy did. And because of injury and Roddy just taking better advantage of opportunities as they came along, Laravia fell to the back burner. Laravia spent more time in the G League, and Roddy was the one that was up with the big league squad. I thought it would be the opposite. I don't want to put words into Michael's mouth, but I thought it would be the opposite going into the season, and it started that way, but Roddy overtook Laravia at some point. With all these bodies out, it was a natural time to get Laravia back in the fold. He looked more in rhythm. And kudos to Brevin Knight, the great Grizzlies play-by-play or our color commentator. He talked about, as an analyst, watching the feet, watching the feet of Laravia and how that not being set with his shot was an issue earlier in the season. He looked much more comfortable, much more in the flow of the offense. He wasn't forcing it. He had rhythm, and that really shined through in this game. Against the Clippers. He only made two threes. He only scored six points, but he looked like he belonged more. And he didn't look like the moment or the opportunity was too big for him. He was prepared. You could tell that he had been working on that shot, finding his footing a little bit more cleanly and more quickly. And it paid off in two made threes. He, you know, outside of Roddy, who played nine more minutes than him, LaRavia was the second leading scorer off the Grizzlies bench. So, like I said, he didn't help necessarily win the game for Memphis. He didn't put them in a spot to be victorious, but he did contribute in a positive manner and showed growth. And this was a good game to try to find those flashes of positivity where you could from a player like LaRavia, who has not necessarily regressed, but maybe not played to the level that you had hoped he would, as a rookie so kudos to x who again that's another guy that i've been hard on at times this season i can put words into michael's mouth on that one because he too was hard on x uh when we were getting started here on lockdown grizzlies for the 2022-2023 campaign but tillman had another great offensive night santi aldama found his offensive groove defensively it was not their best showing but at the same time there are wrinkles and flashes of optimism and you know you don't want to be a complete negative nancy so to speak you want to be a little bit of a positive pat and i found those positives in that game so the grizzlies obviously play the clippers again on friday and we'll see if there's any adjustments that are made obviously Kawhi leonard who was out for personal reasons on wednesday night maybe back in the fold on friday i'd be willing to bet that jaron jackson jr and tyus jones and desmond bain maybe even john conchar but again his injury was listed differently than the other threes were in the injury report. We'll see how it all goes. I think it'll be a little bit more of a in, uh, a, a playoff preview. If the playoff preview was Wednesday night, the playoffs are going to stink because you don't have as much star power. Uh, but I think Friday night will be a little bit more indicative of what these two teams might do to each other if they saw one another in a playoff series. Thank you for making Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. It is the end of March, and if you recall correctly, last week, the Grizzlies played the Rockets twice, and Michael Cole and I, my co-host, we decided, you know what? We've been grinding pretty hard ourselves. Let's focus on some load management going into the playoffs. Fast forward a week, and we're in a similar boat. Los Angeles Clippers on a Wednesday, Los Angeles Clippers on a Friday. Now, granted, the roster's are going to look a little bit different, but we're going to play it by ear in a similar fashion. So I think that if something major happens, if there's an injury that maybe wasn't foreseen, If there's a big news story that needs to be discussed, you might see DeMichael and I popping up in your feeds on Friday. But again, in preparation for the playoffs, not many days off coming up ahead for DeMichael and I, understandably so with the postseason inching closer and closer. Don't be surprised if there's not a new episode in your feeds on Friday. We'll be back on Monday, of course, for sure, taking a look at how the Grizzlies will finish out the last week of the regular season. Memphis plays Chicago on Sunday afternoon, so that'll be an important game. And then the Grizzlies are at home against Portland on the road the last three games of the regular season. We'll be covering all of that next week. But again, second second time in two weeks that it's two opponents back-to-back that are exactly the same. Forgive us if we are not with you on Friday, but we will be with you on Monday. I can assure you of that. Make sure you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you're getting your podcasts, as well as over on YouTube with liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing there. Please help us continue to grow. It's been an amazing month of March. Michael and I are so appreciative of all the feedback, all the comments, all the great stuff that you guys provide to us, and especially your attention, your listens, your views, your downloads, however you want to describe it. We are grateful for you making us a part. Of your Memphis Grizzlies experience. So, for my co host, Michael Cole, who we will be back together again soon, whether it's Friday or Monday of next week, whatever the case might be, I am Joe Molinax. Stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. Thanks for being with me on this Thursday. Until next time, this is Locked On Grizzlies.